We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's get into the message board, the the daily mailbag portion of the show. And I wanted I want to answer this question: single digit dreams. Uh, where can I get IB gear? As we mentioned a little bit ago, down at the bottom, you will see a link to the Irish Breakdown store. If you're listening via podcast and you can't get that link because you oh, that podcast platform doesn't have those, uh, I will tell you what the link is now, and it is IB store dot irishbreakdown.com if you're a member of the message board there's a link at the top of the different tabs that says ib store and you click on that it'll take you to the store if you're not a member of the irish breakdown message board the champions lounge then sign up now you can also get that link below if you sign up for a monthly membership you get a 10 percent off of your entire purchase price of your your neck of the store if you sign up for an annual membership you get 20 percent off your entire next purchase and I know that right now we're all kind of going through tough times and everything costs more. Well, Irish Breakdown does not. We have not raised our prices at all. We don't have any intention of doing that anytime soon. It is $4.99 a month. It's not a special deal. It's not going to re-up at twice the price like some people are offering. It's a dollar now, but it's going to be 10 times that next year. This is what it is. It's $49.99 a month. So if you sign up annual, it actually saves you about $10 over the course of a year. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. And you get a discount to the membership, to the, uh, excuse me, the, the merch store. So you definitely want to, definitely want to check that out. So that's uh, answers that first question. We did have some super chat guys, and we'll get to those here now from Cody Shreve with a super chat. Thank you, Cody. Ryan, this will be for you. Any word on flipping a quarterback for 2023 and who are they looking at flipping? What transfer portal quarterbacks can we go after? I just want to say this again. I'm going to say this again. We are not going to talk about transfer portal quarterbacks during the season because the vast majority of quarterbacks not that there. Be available are not in the portal. They're not there. So, uh, but we will, we can talk about the recruiting thing. But yes, we're not going to talk about portal quarterbacks until the season is over with. And just, just, Ooh. I'm going to say something I've said in a while. Let it play out. Ooh. 2023, Ryan. Let's see about that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I'm glad you handled the second half of that question because that was going to be my exact response. And it has been my exact mm-hmm. response because I feel like every single show I get asked about. Well, in fairness, not everybody listens to every show. Right. And not that's everybody fair. makes it to the main. That is fair. So, that is so, fair. Yes. But I've we'll had to learn this, that. I've had to learn that over time. We'll have the offseason to talk about transfer quarterback options when guys actually get into the portal and we get some inklings of like who are some guys that are realistic targets, right? Because there's a lot to go into those types of decisions. Flipping a 2023 quarterback. So, like, hey, at this point, Oh, just about everyone is off the market, right? If we're talking about it. And we have been, and you should go sign up at boards.irishbreakdown.com because we've kept everyone very updated as far as what quarterbacks Notre Dame is looking at. You know, in the past, it's been guys like Avery Johnson, who I don't know if, I just don't think it's the most realistic option for them anymore at this point. I mean, I know that they've had some contact, obviously, moving forward, but it's, uh, you know, at some point it's it's getting very close to signing day. But we mentioned someone on the board a couple weeks ago, Aiden Childs, who's committed to Oregon State, who's an interesting player that Notre Dame has some interest in. We'll see if there's some traction that gets kind of pushed there. And then there's yeah. a couple options that I think we'll kind of be able to disclose in the future as far as guys that Notre Dame may also be looking at and adding to the board. And I know, Brian, I know you were working on an article about, you know, just to, and you put on the board a couple of names that you should keep an eye on, guys that maybe have some up probably have tomorrow. level of interest. Yeah. 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 Have some up tomorrow. That'll yep. be on the website. So that'll be the free part of it. So yes. you don't have to be a member for that. But, uh, but, but, so you, you, but, but you should be a member because Brian dropped last week two names that he had kind of put out there as guys oh, that yeah. should be guys that Notre Dame should look at. One that we know Notre Dame is looking at, the other guy that, would be they maybe should. a good option for them. Yes. Absolutely better should. No doubt about that. We have another super chat here from Bill Kostrub. Bill says, I've been part of units that once they realized how good they actually were, trained even harder to figure out how good they could become, how will this play out in practice moving forward. You know, guys, it's kind of like, I feel like once you get that taste of, man, that was fun. Mm-hmm. We're, we're what 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 did we do to get here? Here's what you did, guys. You did this. You did this. In practice, you did this. In practice. Okay, let's do that again. And I think that's the kind of thing is is 
it, it's about you want to taste that again. You want yep. you felt you felt how bad look in a in a month period of time, literally in the span of one month. I'm going to look at this just to make sure that I'm that when I say literally, I, I literally am accurate. So let me just look this up here. So Notre Dame played Stanford on October 15th. They played November. They played Clemson on November 5th. They played Clemson October 29th. So in a span of basically four weeks, less than four weeks, you went from the feeling you had inside of you as a player and coach about losing to a god awful team like Stanford to the to the the joy that I mean that just whatever emotion you want to pick of smacking a team like Syracuse and then dominating a team like Clemson. You, it's it's still both are still in you. Which one do you want to replicate, right? Which one do you enjoy more? Which fit? And I feel like when kids start getting a taste of that, like man, like we can be pretty good. And they had guys, they had fun on Saturday. Ryan, you and I were there on Sunday. Like so, Vince and I watched the game together on Saturday against Clemson. Ryan, you and I got a chance to watch it on Sunday or Saturday the week before against Syracuse, and we were closer to the field. Those were a bunch of kids and coaches having fun playing football, coaching football. And so how you did that two weeks after losing to Stanford says a lot about Marcus Freeman and his coaching staff and this team. Yeah. But I think that's the thing, guys, is how, how, you know, yeah, I think he's right, though. I mean, Bill nailed it. Like, once you realize how good you are, but what does it mean to realize how good you are? You get that taste of success, and you're like, dude, I want that again. And, yeah. and you almost kind of fiend for it, like, I, okay, let's go. I don't want to go out and practice on Tuesday, but you know what I do want to do? I want to get that feeling again on Saturday. So I'm going to slug through this Tuesday practice I really don't want any part of because it's November in South Bend, Indiana, and it's cold, and I got a final coming up, and I got this paper to do, and I got this thing going on. But you know what? I want to taste that feeling again on Saturday. I think that's I think that's really what it boils down to. There's there's also a layer of and you know it's very cliche at this point, but you always hear like iron sharpens iron, right? And I, we talked about talent acquisition a, a bunch earlier, but when you know the guys that you're going against every day are some legit dudes that you need to raise your game to and play your best football, like I think that that also makes you hit a level that you maybe didn't even know was there at some mm-hmm. points too, right? So, and I think that I think that these kids at Notre Dame especially are, are very smart kids, right? Like they know where who needs to get better they know where the talent is on the roster they know the leaders as far as the most talented guys on the field and you know kind of idolizing those players and being able to challenge those types of players like i think that you you know as as your roster gets more talented around you the ability to kind of you know have to raise your game is is also a big layer to it guys i want to pull something up here real quick we have a, a a comment here from archer 452 our resident ohio state fan we haven't called him that in a long time Archer says, hey, guys, seeing as it's my birthday, can I get a Go Bucks?" And I'm going to say this to you right now, Archer. Yes, you can. Go Bucks, beat the Seahawks on Sunday. Let's do it. Bam. Tampa Bay Bucks, man. Come on now. Got, You're a Tampa get Bay it. fan? No, but Robert Hainsey plays for him, and I'd rather do that than say Go Bucks. Isn't he injured? Somebody got injured. Maybe somebody else. Did he get injured? No. Did he get injured? Vince has not paid attention to the NFL since, I, I, since I thought camp. I thought I saw him on the lot on the uh, field. He last starts game. at center wrong. for them. Yeah, yes. Vince yeah. is just. Saw my guy Rokon Smith you, go crazy you know last less, night for the wrong team. When you know less about the NFL than I do, that's a problem. Because yeah. I don't know a lot about. I just don't the follow NFL. all the linemen in the NFL. But I'll, I'll tell you this, Archer. I'll tell you this. <clears throat> I'm joking with Archer here. I can't give you a go bucks in referring to Ohio State. I can't give that to you right now. Never I'll tell happen. you this. Yeah, Vince. Uh, hold on a second. If y'all beat Michigan, 
by two touchdowns or more, you come back here on the ne- on the next Tuesday afterwards, and you will get a go bucks from me. Vince, you won't be on that show. You'll be working that day. Nope, you will definitely not. get a go bucks from me if you beat Michigan by two touchdowns. There's here's, no doubt here's, about it. Here's my question: Do you really love football if you don't know every offensive lineman in the NFL, Vince? True, truth question. Well, or here's a thought: Like the Notre Dame guys that are starting in the NFL, but at least he knew he got hurt in the preseason. It's all good. Yeah, I, I can't really bust too much. I don't know. Bucks suck. But they're terrible. They're not, they're not very I good. That, I'd rather not say go Bucks to them than go Bucks to Ohio State. But again, Archer, that's my deal to you. <laughs> if Ohio State beats Michigan by at least two touchdowns, I will give you the go Bucks call the Tuesday after that game. No doubt I, about I, it. I, I like the candy. Bucks, keep shaking your head. I'm not saying you're going to. I'm going to. You won't be on that show. <laughs> I'll still so, feel it. I'll feel uh-huh. it. It'd be like oh, a way, It'd be like yeah. something you know, like in a movie. Brace where, yourself. Like, butterfly Brace yourself. effect. I'll like, get Brace knocked yourself. over or something as I'm walking through the hall. Hey Vince, look, man. The reality is, when Ohio State plays Michigan, you gotta you gotta hope somebody wins. I didn't it. say I wouldn't be rooting yeah. for Ohio State in my head, but those words <laughs> will never exit my mouth. Okay. Ever. Well, go, they will go. mind if if Ohio State be, beats Michigan by two touchdowns. Go, you go Hoosiers. <laughs> yep, there you go. Chief Brody with a super chat. Thank you, Chief. What's up with the stadium ambiance? Doesn't it seem too blue on broadcast compared to like 2012 night games? The lights were a warmer color. The helmets look too yellow now. Is that floodlights or NBC? I think it's a little – Vince, you had explained something to me recently that they have changed the lights at Notre Dame. Yeah. And, but also part of that, I think, is NBC is just like how it looks on NBC. I, yeah, I, I've said this to people, Vince. You've watched games at home. And the, the helmets to me don't, and the, the colors of the uniforms don't look the same live as they do on TV. I don't know why that is, but they just live. They, they look amazing. The helmets look amazing, yeah. amazing. And, and live or TV, Vince? Which one are you talking about? Live. Oh yeah. And and, yeah. and the it's LED lights, obviously, in the stadium now. That's why they can do the light shows and all of that different stuff. And it's a very more pointed light. It only lights up the actual playing surface. It doesn't light yeah. up the entire stadium because a buddy was like, hey, can you see me from the press box? I get my binoculars out and I'm looking. I'm like, no, dude, it's pitch black. I yeah. cannot see you. <laughs> and uh, it, it literally just lights up the playing surface, which is great. And then they also have lights that light up so that you can see the ball in the air. That's more in high school stadiums right. than it is in college stadiums because you're not throwing the ball above the light standards in a college stadium. But in a high school stadium, they have lights that point up so you can see the ball as it gets above the light standard. So um, it's just LEDs. I mean, it's just LEDs look different than the old school halogen style bulbs that used to be at stadiums. So that's part of it. Wow. Brandon, Brandon Plensner with a super chat. Thank you, Brandon, very, very much. Guys, do you feel the Navy game is a good opportunity to improve and unleash the passing game, or do you expect Reese to have the heavy run game plan like Clemson? Like, I don't want them to come out and throw the ball like, 50 times like i want you to still keep building on you your identity you are yeah exactly bingo yeah add to your identity sure. that's the thing is yeah. run it doesn't mean okay if you run the football this way you can only throw for 86 yards a game no it's it's be efficient be explosive create some big play opportunities and we'll kind of get into that more as we dive into the navy game brandon but no this is these next two games i would say brandon are perfect opportunities for you to say hey look we know we can run on anybody we're going to keep building around that Right. But if we're going to beat USC and if we're going to go out and, and and let's say you get a Gator Bowl matchup or if you beat USC, potentially a New Year's six matchup, New Year's six matchup, bowl game matchup, you're going to need to be able to because teams are going to have a month to prepare for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to be able to throw the football enough to, to be able to go out and, and beat some teams. You also, guys, here's the thing is if your defense has an off day, this team could be in trouble. 
that's something we got to think about. Like the, there's a lot of pressure on the defense right now to to keep points down. Because if they don't, they're. I mean, think about this: the defense has scored touchdowns in each of the last two games. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Notre Dame has scored 21 points in the last two games off non-offensive plays, and if you it that's the that's the specific number. If you add the fact that they also got a two-yard touchdown drive, you could argue that the defense and special teams have directly accounted for 28 points in the last two games. Sure. Right. So your defense and special teams are basically averaging 14 points a game right now in the last two games. That's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's just you, you can't do that week after week after week. I don't think it's never been done before. I, I've never seen a stretch where a team went 13 games and scored a touchdown either special teams or defense in every game. I've never seen that. Right. So at some point, your offense has to say, look, what if the defense has an off day? We got to be able to have their back. And you can't just do that by shortening the game. You're going to have to be able to go out and make some throws. And so I do think Brandon is on to something. They have to be able to expand that and have something to protect what they do best. And the pass game is going to have to be that. Drew has got to be able to have that game where he can go out and say, hey, I'm that guy from North Carolina. I'm that guy from BYU. I'm not that guy that you've seen, you know, against Syracuse and other teams. If he can, the clutchness of the of the Clemson game with the downfield production of the North Carolina game from Drew Pine, if that guy can somehow become one, they won't lose another game, fellas, and they may not have another close game. They really may not. I'm serious. That may be hyperbolic, Vince, but I mean, I, I truly uh, feel that if if we see some combination, of, regardless, so. yes. Well, I'm talking about the last part, not just going undefeated. Okay. But, I mean, I think they can whoop any team that because they're not going to have to play Georgia, I don't think. I mean, I, I Georgia, to me, is going to be a playoff team. If Georgia loses to you're Bama – You're, you're right. talking about the, the unnamed who, who team they would play, play this in a bowl season, game. Right? I got they're you. I got probably you. not going to play Ohio right. State again. They're probably not going right. to play Georgia. You know, if if they get the, a passing – a legit passing attack – and again, I'm not talking about 300 yards a game, just – Hey, we can beat you with one-on-ones. We can do this. Drew's going to make good decisions. You know, we can get the ball down the field. If that happens, who beats this team, really? Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I agree. And that's the thing is like, and so my point is not only do they win, but I think they can whoop people, not just mm-hmm. win, but whoop people the way that they've played. That's kind of where I'm coming from. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Yep. Thumbs up for me. Next super chat from Michael S. The mystery: How was Stanford able to stop Notre Dame's rushing attack as if as it, uh, a model Navy can use? No, because they didn't really stop the Notre right. Dame rushing attack. Right. I mean, no. Notre Dame. If SMA doesn't fumble at the end of the game, Notre Dame still wins that game. Right. I mean, I, right. I, I, it shouldn't have come down to that. Obviously, and we've talked about that numerous times. They didn't stop Notre Dame. Notre Dame stopped themselves. Yes. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i just again you go back and watch that game they were running into 10-man boxes right mm-hmm. uh you know there were some things schematically that we didn't like they weren't really pre- i mean there was also the the thing is notre dame stopped their run game themselves they just basically ran yes. duo the whole game right you know what i mean if they were creative um, as they were against clemson as they were right. against stanford it's not it's not a contest it's not even close they they also came out flat with no energy and no right. killer instinct that, to want to like, even get the run game going. Like they were just, I mean, they were ominously moving through that football game. For being honest, there was no intensity right. at all to show up against Stanford for whatever reason. There just wasn't. And it was their second fewest rushing attempts of the season as well. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you rush for 150 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. 
you know, Stanford had two sacks for minus nine yards. So mm-hmm. you look at it and say they had 32 carries for 159 yards of actual rushing attempts. It's, you know, it's not, not too bad. No. Right. So that, I mean, they didn't really stop the Notre Dame rushing attack as much as the Notre Dame rushing attack stopped. So, I mean, we were talking after the game, like, dude, they were running 10 man boxes and uh, with seven blockers and pushing them four yards down the field. Yeah. I mean, it, Notre it was, Notre Dame yeah. offensive line played pretty well that game. I mean, right. they weren't bad. They weren't the issue in that Agreed. football game. Agree. Michael S. also says, who do you think opts out of the Notre Dame bowl game? Uh, we, it's hard to say. There's so many it depends things. on who they play. Like, yeah. like I would, we've said this before. I don't expect Michael Mayer to play in a bowl game. But what if they play LSU? I could see certain guys opting back in if, like, LSU, I, <laughs> you know, like, to me, I'm not, I'm not, Michael, I'm not too worried about that right now. I'm uh, Right now I'm worried about beating Navy and Boston College and USC. We'll kind of yeah. cross that bridge when we get there. I, I just think a lot of it, guys, depends on who they play and where. You know, I just – I, and who I has definitely made their decision on if they're everybody's going to tell Michael Mayer to opt out of that game, and I think he's going to play. We'll see. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't shock me. That's where I'm at. It wouldn't shock me. But I, I don't want to say that too much. Like I don't want to say it for sure because if he chooses not to play, he's doing what's best for himself. Hundred percent. And, and I. Know, and, and if anybody's earned that right, he has. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because of how hard he's played. Just like like I view Kyron sitting out differently than I view Kyle Hamilton sitting out. Right. I just, I just absolutely, but you wonder which, who sets the precedent? Is it, is it the, the precedent that was set by, you know, Kyle Hamilton and Kyron Williams, or is it the precedent set by Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey who played in their last games at the end, you know, that's going to be the question because they did play and they Mike McGlinchey especially could have easily decided not to play because he was legitimately injured. injured. Yeah. Yeah, Back issue. Yeah. He played banged up. Right. But he was like, I'm, I'm going out with my boys. You know what I mean? Because we got a game to go win. We have another game to win. They it. view it as the season's not over yet. We have another game to play. Right. Exactly. I could see Michael Mayer doing that, but I just kind of some – it wouldn't shock me if he just if, – if if even the Notre Dame coaches stepped in and said, hey, dude, like, you know. We're good. You, yeah. You, you, you've, you've, done your, you've done your service. You know what I mean? Right. So – JP Buellsfeld, JP, thank you for the super chat. How many years was Brian Polian special teams coach, and how many total block kicks over his entire special teams career? It's a really good. Question. So he he was there from seventeen to two thousand one, right? So that's a span of five years. And there was a couple of years they got a kick or two. I remember Drew Tranquil getting a kick one of these years. Uh, let me let me go look here because um, this is you can I mean, add the Chuck Weiss years too. I know, right? Uh, so let's see it. here. They have six this year. They had one last year against Georgia Tech. They I'll had two counting. the year before, one against South Florida, if you guys remember that, and then one against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. They had three in 2019. They had one against Bowling Green, one against Michigan. You guys remember that? Oh, wow. uh, the kick at the beginning of the Michigan game yep. that uh, they tried to then pick up and allowed Michigan to get the ball back. So it's like even when they would block a kick, they would do something stupid. To, you know, that's just Brian Pullian coach team right there. Uh, and then uh, remember now 2019 against Stanford. Yeah. They also blocked the kick. If you remember that one as well, uh, I think seven. Isaiah Foskey had a couple of those 2018. They had two, they had one against Florida state and then one against Clemson. I don't remember them blocking a punt against, Oh, they, but see, these are all kicks and field goals. Oh, so uh, that's the thing is it's not just blocked punts. It's kicks and blocked punts. I'd have to look up at a different statistic. And then his first year, they had none. So in, in five years, he had two, Five, seven, eight. She had eight in five years. 
your boy Brian Mason has six and nine games. <laughs> so yeah. Brian, we we did something similar to that yesterday when we were talking recruiting. This this stat is my favorite right now. If so if Notre Dame closes on Caleb Smith, they would have three wide receivers from the state of Texas in 2023. Previous five cycles, they had three players from Texas, period. Yeah. That's ins- absurd, man. Yep. Absurd. This team's doing some stuff now. <laughs> All right. We have uh, – we, I think that's it for the Super Chat. So we will oh, wow. move on to the other questions now. And we had some good ones today. We had uh, this question from um, Jonathan Gabrick. Vince, was the light show good this time around, Vince? Because it wasn't – It wasn't, it, it wasn't as publicized. Um, and, I mean, it was okay. It was all right. I mean, I, I thought the – Maybe it was just better because they were winning and they were dominating. It's fun to dance around when you're in a good mood. Uh, I think that's definitely part of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. It was a lot a lot of they did like a the green was the theme, right? I don't know. I here's what I want. Here's what would make it better. When Notre Dame scores a touchdown, I want the lights going crazy. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. They don't do that, and they do that in other stadiums, and they can do that if they wanted to, well, and they don't. Well, the recru- yeah. the cr- the recruits love the light show. I know that for a fact. Yeah, that's good. So. That's good. I, I do think, Vince, I do like the notion of what you're talking about, though, is like after big scores or stuff yeah. like that. I, I could see that. You don't need the fireworks or anything, that. but that would be cool, too. Let's, let's up the game, people. Yeah, I, I wanted now, fireworks on Saturday like when they came out. I, I love fireworks yes. going off when you play, but I, I kind of understood why they couldn't do it on Saturday. Uh, there's a reason that you're not allowed to light off fireworks when it's really windy. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Especially when you're sense. on a campus with filled with trees. <laughs> <Makes sense. laughs> you know what I mean? So... Yeah, but you can still I, I, do like those uh, things, like at the uh, the front of the tunnel, like they do indoors. You know, at basketball mm-hmm. games, like the little the fire cannons or something. Sure. I mean, let's sure. it up, people. Let's go. I, I think after every score, they should just get get Vince on top and just start doing the push ups that they do. Uh, you know, just throw them up in the air. You guys yeah. hold me up. I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I can better start that. working out now. Dig that. Just don't make me mad because then I might accidentally drop you one of those Ouch. times. I'm just saying. <laughs> John, with a question, where do you three guys have Notre Dame ranked tonight? I'm thinking 17th. Ooh, I think that's a little high. 20th? I, I got Somewhere the ceiling there. at 19. I have the floor at 23. I could mm-hmm. see eight. To me, it's 18 to 21 is kind mm-hmm. of the range that I see it. I could see 17. Again, because here's the thing. It just depends on – it depends on – and this is what we don't know because every almost every year the committee changes. It's different <laughs> people. It's true. So it's like with anything. It's like – you have a rule, but how do certain people interpret and enforce that rule? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and what it's supposed to be is it's supposed to be a look at where teams are now. Not cause like, here's what's stupid about the AP top 25, which I can I always complain about. It's a, what have you done the last two weeks thing? Right. And so when you look at the AP poll and you're asking yourself like, How's Alabama ahead of Clemson? Right? You know, well, Clemson had more top 25 wins. They were ranked higher than Bama. Yeah, they got beat by Notre Dame convincingly. But, like, it was that bad win in one week dropped them two spots behind Alabama, who lost for the second time this year, who also almost lost to Texas A&M and almost lost to Texas. Clemson's been a better team than Alabama this year. But the emotion of how they lost and who they lost to this week knock them out which is dumb and so you know so you kind of look at these different things you say it's it's a lot of it is what have you done recently like okay so you look at texas texas got a win over a, a six and three kansas state team right okay 
if you're going to view it on how I feel about I here's my because here's here's the thing. I'm going to take my rankings last week, Vince, and I'm going to say Texas beat number 13, so they're going to go up here. What the committee has said in the past and what their rules are supposed to be is they throw out last week's rankings and they start over based on who you are with where your resume is now. If they do that, then I could see Notre Dame being much higher because there's a lot of resumes in that 15 to 25 range that aren't going to be nearly as good as Notre Dame's if you really study it, right? The question is, is will they do it that way or will they be more like the AP voters that it's more of a recency bias? I feel like LSU being 10th last week, I know they beat Bama, but it doesn't matter. It was what their resume was last week. That was not a resume of a top 10 team, but they had two good wins in a row. And so I felt they went with the recency bias. The committee Mm -hmm. in the past has done a great job of the eliminating the recency bias. So I think it just depends on who this committee is because there's a lot of new members on this year's committee. So, you know, to Vince's point, if the committee votes like the AP, I think 19 to 20 is the very best that you're going to get. And I would say that might even be too high, Vince. I think your 22, 23 might be more reasonable. If they throw out last week rankings and start over from scratch like they're supposed to, then I could see Notre Dame being definitely being inside the top 20 if you just compare resumes. But that's the thing is we don't know if they're going to compare resumes or not. This week is going to be key for Notre Dame because the next two games might not necessarily move the needle a whole lot for Notre Dame, right, as far as moving them up in the rankings. So if you have the illusion that Notre Dame is going to make it into a New Year's Six game, you want to be as high as you possibly can tonight because this is where you're setting the floor. And so if you want to make it into that, you need to set the floor as high as possible because I just don't see the needle moving a whole lot unless there's absolute chaos above them and moving up a bunch. Like now they'll get a boost when they beat USC, mm-hmm. but you need that ceiling to be, or you need that floor to be as high as humanly possible tonight. Right. This does feel uh, like a season of chaos, though, so you never yes. know. It does. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, but to your point, though, Ryan, is the next to, to, to combine your two points, Vince mm-hmm. is correct. You don't have a game left on your schedule the next two weeks until USC. That's a needle-moving right. game. Vince nailed that. But, Ryan, right. you're also correct in that they could still move up seven, eight spots because teams ahead of them keep keep losing. Sure, sure. Vince's to, to what Vince said, though, is if you if both of those things happen where Notre Dame gets a much bigger boost this week, and let's say they start at 17 or 18, Mm-hmm. and a bunch yeah. of teams lose the next two now weeks. Now you're talking. Then you finish your season off with a top 10 to 15 win over USC. Right. Now you're yep. top 10 team. Yeah, yep. that's true. And that's, I mean, that's again, because what do we are, there's two reasons that's important. One, uh, bowl placement. Absolutely. If you're in the top 10 to 12 team, you're in the, you're in a New York six bowl. There's no way they're going to keep Notre Dame in the top Not 10 to 12 out of a New York six game. I just don't see it. Number one. Number two, perception. Perception doesn't impact this football team. Perception impacts the guys you're trying to get to be a part of your football team yes. down the yes. road. That's yep. the difference. Absolutely. And so when people say, well, ranking, you say rankings don't matter. They don't matter for this football team per se. Like where they're ranked isn't going to impact how they play against Navy or sure. Austin College or USC or shouldn't. It, But it does impact, hey, so-and-so, stud recruit, well, we're a top 10 team, baby. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. how we finished. And, you know, that's because then nobody really cares about how you started. You know, I mean, if anything, you can say, dude, we lost to Marshall and Sanford and we're still a top 10 team. That's how good we were this year. Right. And so, yeah, that stuff matters. And Vince, you're you're right that the higher your place tonight, the better, because then if the chaos Ryan's point to, and this has been a big time year of chaos, all of a sudden you're creeping up and you're a top 10 team. 
And so, and also, if you're a Notre Dame fan, go Tar Heels, go Orange, yeah. go Tigers. Absolutely. You want all three of those teams to keep winning. Yep. It doesn't matter what Marshall and Stanford do. There's nothing those teams could do no. to, to make – there's no way to shine nothing. that turd, right? There's nothing. no way to do that. No. It's about the teams that are good. You want them to win. You want Ohio State to smack Michigan. You Absolutely. want You want North Carolina to win. You want Syracuse yeah. to win out. You want Clemson to win out. And honestly – you kind of want USC to win out too. Oh, absolutely. Because then USC knocks UCLA behind you at some point, potentially, and then you can knock USC Correct. down yes. on your own. Yep. So that's kind of where you want to be. Yep. All right, next question. Sean Rogers, when Notre Dame goes 9-3, how awesome would it be to see them beat the Fighting Kellys in a bowl game? I, I like that matchup. I do yes. like that matchup. Mm-hmm. I do like – and that's all I'm going to say. I do like that matchup. I do like that. Matchup. I like it for the off the field stuff. I don't know anything about Clemson. Then no, no, I know no. they got a good punter. I mean, I'm sorry, LSU. I know they got a good punter. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'd like that matchup. John you, you Rogers. Saw, you saw that punter for a few years, Vince. So I know, know they got a good punter. That's, and, that's holder. Got. and holder. Good punter <laughs> and holder. That's right. Vince. He does both. Good that's right. He does both. Sean Rogers with another mm-hmm. question. Does Jared Patterson have another year? No. What about Josh Lug? No. If we should keep uh if not, should we really give some backup, some PT at guard the next two weeks? No. No. Only if the 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 game presents itself that way, Sean. Mm-hmm. So, like guys, if they're up 35 to 3 in the third quarter, yeah, get Billy Strouth in the game. Get yep. Andrew Christophic some sure. playing time. That's get fine. You know, because you know, get uh, get Rocco some playing time. Sure, yeah, go for it. Get Tosh Baker some playing time. Get some guys that you wish you could have got some playing time against UNLV and Marshall and Stanford, and you know, sure, give them some playing time. But you're not forcing that per se. You need to go win right. these games and win them impressively. That's yeah. party numerous. Play, playing time and live bullets are very important. But That's what right. is happening behind the scenes, we know just from talking to you know sources and recruits, and you know, the thing that they love about Harry Heastan is that the attention to detail to Everyone in the room is at such a level. So Billy Shroud's getting coached up right now, right? Like mm-hmm. he's not just off to the side and just being ignored and they're throwing a right. GA over there and doing all that type of stuff, right? Like they are the being coached good. up. Oh, and the GA is very good to Same. your point, Bits. That's a good point. <laughs> well, they actually have three people that I either know or have been told are really good offensive minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Chris Watt and Harry Heastan are. I, I say this again. I don't know Trevor Mendelson. I don't know his football acumen. I don't, I've never spoken, talked ball with him. All I know is I've talked to several people who have told me he's a really smart dude. He's an analyst now. So Chris, mm-hmm. he was the GA on the offensive line, and I heard a lot of good things about him. Chris Watt now is. So now you also have that guy that's doing advanced scouting and things like that, which also helps with the offensive line. And he can work with young kids in meetings. Coach Heath yeah. said, hey, mm-hmm. look, I – we're focused on this. Hey, scout team guys, go down with Coach Mendelson, and he's going to work with you down there. They're allowed to do that. They're allowed to coach in the film room, and so you have all that, man. It just it doesn't hurt. I mean, there's they're putting a lot of resources to the offensive line right now. And again, I don't know if that's true about Trevor Mendelson. I'm just telling you what people that I know and some people that I respect say about his his football acumen. All right, D Rock Irish with a super with a question. Energy from the coaches, players, and the fans in the stadium. It was contagious. Agreed. There's no doubt about that. That's what I hear. When we were walking in, when we were we, you know, Brian and I went out on the balcony and we were watching the intros. We almost got blown off, but we were watching the intros and it was like we were walking back in. And after Notre Dame had come out onto the field, we're like, okay, that was you know, that was pretty cool. You know, maybe the wind kind of died down the excitement level you know as far as the sound right from a from the cheering of notre dame coming out of the tunnel 
And right as we were about to go in the door, Clemson came out and the boos rained down. <laughs> they like, were louder than the cheers for I Notre Dame. I turned around to Brian awesome. and I go, that was louder than it was for Notre yeah. Dame. Like, yeah. this is going to be something. Yeah, that was because that's a that's a group of fans that are locked in. They know what this game means. Yes, they were locked in. I was like, okay, yes, let's go. Yes, absolutely. And it took me twenty minutes to warm up. That's right. (laughs) Twenty minutes took me long. (laughs) A stubborn Mick says, uh, "We finally have an unselfish coach that gets what Notre Dame is and embraces the head coach position in a way that it deserves." Sure. I mean, I don't know how to add to that, guys. I think he kind of nailed that point. I mean, yeah. I'll say this. The thing, Vince, you and I see when we are in the tailgates, Ryan, you were at one this year. Notre Dame fans want Marcus Freeman to win because they like him. Exactly. He's like, you said, like, it, you felt dirty sometimes rooting for Notre Dame in the last 10 years. Because <laughs> you're like, I want my team to win, but like, I don't like rooting for you don't that like dropping guy. certain things up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have to, def- I have to, def- like there's, I've had to defend this. So first of all, just don't defend it. That's what we do. When he does dumb things, you say dumb, dumb, dumb things. But it's mm-hmm. just like, man, it's just like, God, I hate rooting for that guy, but I can't root against him because I, that means I'm also rooting against this and this and that guy and this guy and the other guy. And it just, now you have to worry about that. Like, yeah, yeah you have someone who's a good person, a good human well, being and proven to be a pretty good coach so far. Well, Brian, that's that's I said that to someone like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I don't care what Brian Kelly did at Notre Dame, I don't care what he does at LSU. He wasn't a likable person. Like that's just the point guy. blank period yeah. to it. Like I just didn't like to root for him. I mean, that just yeah. is what it is. Like I don't miss Brian Kelly, no matter no. how what LSU people want to try to spin things. If I know Notre Dame was three him. and six right now. I'd say, do you wish you had Brian Kelly? No, 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 don't. I, don't. I mean, yeah, I'd like winning, but like. Okay, Freeman's not the guy. Move on, hire somebody else. Don't bring him back. You know, yeah. like uh, can you I'm imagine? Good. I'm good. Uh, I would. No, I would literally. So what would it take for you? What would it take for you to go cover another team? That right there. <laughs> that right. You'd be packing your boxes in your bag. Yep. Go. Yep. Go Boilers. Boiler up, baby. Boiler up. <laughs> Who, who's your up? Who's your yeah, up? There you go. Oh man. Brandon Plensner says uh, expect loaded boxes. Question is, will Reese do? Uh, do as he always does and continue to run up the middle into loaded boxes. Yeah. I mean, but hopefully there's some creativity in, into that. But that's why the pass game, guys, is so important. Mm-hmm. Is you've got to do things to say, hey, don't you may not want to load the box up that heavily. But Vince, that's what we broke down on month, Sunday night, though. What they did on Saturday was they did some things where that that A gap run resulted in 20 yard bounces outside because of the way they were able to create extra edges and extra, extra, extra gaps on the edge. You know, like that, that was key. That was key. Anthony Vince, you guys talked about this last night. So I'll let Ryan comment on it here. Anthony asks, what do you guys think about the Joe Wilkins transfer? And if you haven't listened, Vince and Jesse did a really good show last night uh, on the Ivy nation sports talk show. So you definitely want to check that out. And if you want to know what Vince thinks about it, you can listen to that. I mean, if you want to say it again, Mitch can, but I just, all good. for the time of, for the, uh, yep. for brevity's sake, Ryan thoughts about time. Joe Wilkins transferring. I mean, I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, we talked about this. We talked about this with like the Jacob Lacey thing, right, Brian? It's just like the time's weird, right? Like it's weird. Like you only have a couple games left. So why not just finish it out? It's like, it's just, what, why do you, why does it need to happen right this second is like my biggest question, right? Yeah. I mean, but for the most part, everything I've heard, 
and everything you guys have told me, like Joe was a, a consummate professional for Notre Dame, right? Like he played hard, he practiced yep. hard, all that good stuff, right? And it's a shame that injuries have kind of derailed him over the last year or so, but it, it just it's weird timing. But you know, I wish him the best. I think that he has yeah. opportunities out there, obviously, but it's it is definitely weird timing that it's happening right now, in my I, opinion. I, I know I'm old school on this, but he's mm-hmm. getting his degree. And so I'm already pissed. has it. Yeah, I'm already I'm has it. That's what I'm saying. Yep. He's got his degree. Yep. Great. Peace be the, with you. The other difference is success. the other big difference between him and Jacob Lacey is Jacob was playing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's played exactly. like 30 snaps all year. Right. Mm-hmm. And for him, it's like you're not a part of the rotation. You're not playing. You've had two major injuries in a year. Yep. Do you risk doing that as the second guy on a kick return? Right. Right. You know, so like it's a little different situation. Yeah. And, you know, I I, I have nothing but respect for Joe and I wish him all the best. Joe's a good kid. Like Vince, you know, he's done. He's done everything you asked him to do. Absolutely. He got passed up. We're going to have a lot of things to talk, say about the receiver room after the off in the offseason. And I'll just leave it at that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. But I wish the kid the best. I have no nothing bad at all to say about Joe Wilkins. He's a good kid, played yep. his butt off, battled through injuries. Yeah. And Vince, you nailed it. Hard. He's walking away with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. Right. There's not a lot of cats from North Fort Myers that are coming home from college with degrees from the University of Notre Dame. Exactly. And that's you know good on him. Savage Science Fitness, my worry is we just came off a big emotional game and high. And in the past, at the beginning of the year, the next game, we usually have come out flat and get beat. I want to see the same energy. Yeah, you're not going to see the same energy. You just want to see mm-hmm. the same focus and Correct. the same yep. toughness. And that's, and that's what we talked about. And that's the key. Yeah. Yep, agree. Call me Ty. I'll sneak in a mailbag question. Sophomore DB, has Philip Riley been playing safety? What's your opinion of their futures with Notre Dame? How will it affect recruiting in the 24th cycle? I haven't seen Philip Riley um, playing. I haven't seen him at all. No. I haven't so, seen any of those. I mean, Barnes, Riley, yeah, even on special teams, Chance Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, I'm I put, all. A, I put a tweet out yesterday, guys, that, that I think is true, mm-hmm. and and I don't know if you guys agree with this. I said, you know, the job that Mike Mickens has done quickly restocking this cornerback roster. Yeah. There are years in the last ten years where guys like Chance Tucker and Ryan Barnes, at worst, are the number three corner on your team, and at best, are starters. Mm-hmm. There are some recent teams that Ryan Barnes is probably a starting cornerback on, and and Chance Tucker's a rotation guy on. And the fact that those kids can't sniff the field says a, a lot, lot about number one his ability to develop Tariq Bracy and get Tariq Bracy back on track. You know Cam Hart's talent, but also they got passed up by true fresh two freshmen, mm-hmm. and you can't say it's because they were Mickens' guys. Mickens right. recruited the other guys as well. It's just they're that good. And so the fact that yep. a kid like Chance Tucker can't sniff the field, that a kid like yeah. Brian, Ryan Barnes especially can't sniff the field, that's says the, a lot about the talent in the Rams as a corner right now. Yeah. And Clarence Lewis isn't playing that much. And when he does, it's in the nickel. I mean, you know, he was starter last year. Starter, starter at the beginning year. of this year. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> true. Good point. Not yep. for very long. Well, I but, know, but he but, did start the year as the starter. Right. And, and he didn't get benched because – he wasn't he was, playing well. Exactly. He was he playing got, good football. He got yes. benched because, as we saw, Benjamin Morrison's a dude. Well, yep. can't we, we? Isn't that what we always ask for, though? Like, if a guy's going to get replaced, it's because their other guys are just they're, you know, they raise everybody else's level, but the other guys are just playing better. Like that's that's mm-hmm. what you want from a competition in your room, and that's what you're getting in the cornerback room. That's right. 
That's what you want. Savage, Cyan, mm-hmm. Fitness. Hey, Ryan, Brian, and Vince, do you think the 23 class we can get a quarterback or will we go the portal uh, to fill that role? Yes. Yes. Answer is yes to both questions. Yes. I mean, In seriousness, we talk- yes, we yeah. expect both. Yep. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was just going to say we, we talked about the 2023 um, conversation earlier, and we expect that Notre Dame not only will continue to try to get a 23 quarterback in the class, but we also expect the transfer portal to be an all an additional option, like not a one or the other. Get both, right? Because like the one thing that you need to do with a quarterback right now is right now the talent at, as a whole is not up to standard to what you need to be that type of team, right? You need to continue to stock Pile talents, transfer portal, 23 class, keep getting talent in the room. The reality reality is, guys, there's not a 2023 quarterback out there that's going to come in and play in 2023. Yep. The portal's for the now. The 23 quarterback is for the future. Correct. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be be the key. Chief Brody says, so by that, would you say you're either born with head coach demeanor or you aren't? No, I'm not saying that at all. I Mm -hmm. I don't think there is a head coach demeanor. Correct. Mm-hmm. I think head coach, right. being a great head coach mm-hmm. is, is about, are you a good organizer? Are you good at the organization? Yep. Are you a good teacher? Are you a good delegator? Are you a good, good at keep holding people like creating a, 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 an environment of accountability, whether it's in a boardroom in a factory or on a football field or in a football offices. And then are you, do you know the game? Can you demand excellence? Can you create an environment where excellence is created and do you know how to you, – you've also got – great head coaches are also part psychologists. That's just sure. real. Yeah. You know, you got to know what the needs are for the people you know. How, I mean, Lou Holtz was, was truly a master psychologist. He knew exactly how to push your buttons to get you going. And it's like the story I've always said. To, I've, I've had this confirmed many times about how, you know, Tim Grunhard's playing guard for Notre Dame, and they run a play, and he gets – he whiffs, and a guy hits Ricky Waters in the backfield for a five-yard loss in practice, and Lou Holtz – Gets him off the field, and they put another guard in, and Lou says, keep him on the sideline. and run the play again. Coach, there's no guard. Run the play. Ran the play again. Ricky Waters gets tackled in the backfield for a five-yard loss, and Lou Holtz's response, see, the same thing happens whether you're in the game or not in the game. He's teaching you something. Do you know what happened when Tim Grunhard went back out on the field the next time? He made sure he didn't make that mistake, and he played his butt off, right? He knew how to push those buttons. And he knew when you needed a kick in the butt, and he knew when you needed a pat on, you know, a, 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 an arm put around your shoulder. And that's why his players love him the way that they do. Mm-hmm. Right? There are players in the team like Pat. Listening to Pat Terrell talk about Lou Holtz is hilarious. Like the thing on the thirty for thirty thing, Pat Terrell, you're the greatest receiver I've ever seen until we throw you the damn ball. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but he loves the guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you know, it's um. It, it, that's the to me that's the final ingredient that's between a good coach and a great coach. Do you have that psychological advantage? But Vince, you and I have been around football a long time. I've seen greatness from a coaching standpoint with all types of different demeanors. Yep, absolutely. Your demeanor, a head coach demeanor is you have to. And you said this earlier. You got to be you. You have to be authentic. You have to be real. You have to be genuine. And if you are that, then you're going to be fine. But all that other stuff you talked about is really important too. That's what makes a good head coach. Your demeanor is not what makes a good head coach, period. It's a part of it. Yeah. Yes, but it's not the determiner. No, no doubt about that. I have a super chat here from Michael S. Lufau missed a tackle on uh, BJU's 18-yard run to the one. If he makes it, they don't score their first TD. Michael, you just have a tendency to just kind of find the negative in everything. Everybody has a like, talent, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. He sure. Here. He missed a tackle. Made a lot of plays, too. <laughs> 
it's, it's not about alignment. limiting. Yeah. And it's that play, limiting opportunities. That play did not make or break the season or the game or, right. I mean, it, that was a garbage touchdown. At that he point. made a ton of plays before that to make sure that Correct. they didn't have any points up to that. Now, does that mean it's okay to have a missed tackle? I'm not saying that, but man, come on now. That's, you know, that's, also had a, you know, had a missed tackle in their career, uh, Ray Lewis and right. Lawrence Taylor and big, big buckets. Right. I mean, sure. look, I, I don't yeah. want to say it's okay to have missed tackles. It's just that like, it's not okay, but I mean, it happens. It happens. It he also made a lot of plays. We, we've, yes. we've banged on Maris a lot this year, but mm-hmm. if you, you got to be able to recognize that the kid played his butt off on Saturday. Absolutely. All right, next question from Robert Bishop. How much of this incoming class do you expect to compete for meaningful playing time next year? Oh, gosh. I'm, can we can we take a mulligan on this, Robert, and talk about this after the season? <laughs> signing day. <laughs> because, honestly, it's going to – a lot. I mean, and the re- only reason I'm saying that is because we're two hours and 17 minutes into the show. That's a long conversation. That's like an entire That's show. Because the 23 <laughs> class is going to play next year a lot, guys. Part one, out of necessity. Yep. There's certain positions they have to play, and part two is because there's guys that are just that good, right? Mm -hmm. Like they don't need Peyton Bowen to come in and play as a freshman, but he will because he's that good. Just like they didn't need Benjamin Morrison to come in and play as a freshman. He's not starting as a true freshman because they need him to. Right. He started as a true freshman because he's their best corner. Correct. Right now, he's their best cornerback, and he has been for weeks. Like here's on this channel, we didn't start saying that this week. We've been Mm -hmm. saying that. Ryan and I have been saying that. A lot over the last month, a lot, and you know, so you want it to be more of that. But there are some guys are going to have to just play out of necessity, and so that's a long show. But Robert, we will discuss that more in depth. But I think receiver is definitely a position that you're going to see that for sure next yes. year. And I think the secondary might have a guy or two as well. Like I think Peyton Bowen and the Don Schuler are going to be very hard to keep off the football field in some sort of rotation. You know, place. I think Peyton Bowen's may be different than a Dom, but I think they're both going to be a little bit difficult to keep off the field mm-hmm. next season. And uh, you know, I think there could be a couple oh, linemen that don't have a chance to go through. I'm not. I'm just saying position, <laughs> like position. So uh, let's, and there's, let's break it down. Charles Jagas, yeah, starting left no. guard next year. Oh, you know, it's funny. I was getting ready to say, like, don't be shocked if there's a lineman that is competing for playing time oh, next I, year. Brian, Brian, we talked about that on the recruiting yeah. show like three weeks ago. I was okay. like, would it be would it be realistic unrealistic to be like, hey, Charles, go play left guard this year? Nope. Like, it's not a realistic. Yep. Uh, Chris Hearn says, with Dylan Edwards visiting Kansas State this past weekend, is there any cause for concern there? I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. If a kid that was committed to Kansas State visited Notre Dame and spent the entire game and post game liking and retweeting things about the Kansas State game, how would you feel about Notre Dame's chances of flipping him? Because that's exactly what happened with Dylan Edwards on Sunday night, Saturday night. He was at Kansas State where his dad went to school and one of his best friends is a commit. And he yep. literally was spending the entire time liking and tweeting about the Notre Dame game, basically. Period. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something to worry about? Look, there's always cause for concern when kids visit. We're not going to be one of those people that just everything is sunshine and rainbows. When a kid visits another school, there's always a chance. He was committed there at one point in time. There's always a chance that he could change his mind, but we just have no intel that at all that suggests that, and there's nothing that Dylan has said or done that you know has caused that concern for mm-hmm. us. And they lost. So I think that certainly helped Notre Dame as And well. they did lose. Yep. Robert Didoff, IB Crew, what is the one thing you do not want to see during the Navy game where you feel this team will have regressed from all the positives of last week against Clemson? That's a good question. Hey, Vince, I want you to give me one thing on offense that you are uh, 
that you do not want to see. And Ryan, I want to hear one thing from you about that you don't want to see from the defense. It's going to you know make you because that's what our whole show is about, right? Don't take a step back, take steps mm-hmm. forward. So mm-hmm. Vince, what's the one thing you you could say if we see this coming out of the game on Saturday? I'm going to be a little bit concerned about whether or not this team truly learned its lesson. Uh, no effort on the edge for blocking. Okay. There has been a lot of less than stellar blocking on the edge. And I'm talking about wide receivers and space and things of that nature. If, if they, if they regress to where they were at the beginning of the season, then I'm worried. Brian, how about you? An underrated part of the game last week defensively, I think was that for the most part, players were in position to make plays all game against Clemson in the right gaps, in the right fit, all those types of things in this game against Navy, they are going to test your discipline all game, whether that is as a fit player, whether that is as an assignment player, whether that is as a defensive back that gets sucked up and they, they throw it over your head, right? So I think assignment sound play is the thing that I'm looking for the most. And if Notre Dame comes out and, wow, here, here's the third option and here's the pitch and there's no pitch, man, like that's not great, right? Like mm-hmm. there's those inconsistencies I think are the things that I'm hoping don't happen on Saturday. I think I'm going to give you a big picture one, just a team that just show goes back to showing the lack of focus that we saw mm-hmm. coming into the before the Syracuse game. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here's a super chat from Rocky Lombardi. Here's a good one, guys. This is a, this is a best Navy team you've seen in your lifetime. I'm very curious if we all have the same opinion. Because for me, it's one of two teams. But I want to mm-hmm. get your guys' opinion on who is the best navy team that you guys have seen in your lifetimes and i need an easy one for me well i mean i don't follow navy that closely it's the one where they had that really dynamic quarterback and they had it's 2015 keenan reynolds Reynolds, yes the one yes they made a really good one with uh ricky dobbs too didn't they one year they did ricky dobbs they did yeah they 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 went 10 and 4 9 and 4 two in two years with ricky dobbs yeah they were a good team with ricky dobbs yeah they were very good reynolds was the dude like he here's up, why he up running the triple yeah. option like he was born running in the triple out like yeah. out of the womb he's like yeah <laughs> i thought that 2009 navy team was pretty decent you know that year they lost at ohio state by four they lost at Pitt, who was ranked 15th at the time they lost to temple which is a bad so here's why that team isn't as good as 15 for me they had some not good losses. Now that Temple team in 2009 was 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 an Al, was Al Golds last year that got him the Miami yeah. job, right? And that was a nine win Temple team. But then they lost to Hawaii, so they lost four games that year. Two of them you completely understand. Three of them you really understand. But they weren't great on defense back then. They were good, but they weren't great. The thing I liked about that Navy team in 2015, guys, is. Number one, the dynamic duo of Keenan Reynolds and Chris Swain was as good of a one-two punch that you have. Because yep. to be great in the option, you literally can just put in – look, you can just put Jags out there, right? What, what, everybody knows that, just a guy. 
That's what that just means in football. Just a, just a guy. You can put just a guy out there at slot and be great running a triple option. You need a great quarterback and a great fullback to have yep. a great triple option offense. Yes, sir. And Chris Swain and Keenan Reynolds were both dudes. They went over both more of 1,000 yards. But here's the thing I really liked about that 2015 Navy team, fellas. They had legit athletes on defense mm-hmm. and at receiver. They had a kid at receiver named Jamar, Jamir Tillman, who I thought was, was, was good. Was, he was, was good. the best receiver they've had in a long time. And he was a legit 6'4 athletic kid. And the other thing is they had legit athletes in the secondary, like legit athletes in the secondary on that 2015 team and legit athletes on, on, on all three levels of the team. I was like, I think it was like Will Thomas had a defensive end. It was really good. That linebackers could run like they had legit, like AAC caliber athletes on defense. Was Gilman on that team? Was Gilman on that? Alohi? Alohi? Yeah. Uh -uh. No, he wasn't Uh -uh. on that team. No. uh -uh. But he, uh, yeah, I think his first year was, I think 16. I gotcha. believe was Alohi's first year. Let me let me look that up because he played for them as a yeah, freshman. I know. So yeah, sixteen. He was their number two leading tackler. He so that he was a f- true freshman. Sixteen. Oh, I missed an but opportunity. In, yeah, I but if, opportunity. I mean Daniel Gonzalez, Ryan, you remember him? He was a really yeah. good linebacker for them back then. Micah Thomas was a mm-hmm. really rangy, athletic linebacker for them that back then. Uh, DJ Palmore was a really good edge player for them. Josiah Powell was a really good edge player. Like they had legit players on that team. Like legit. Mm-hmm. Like AAC high level group of five athletes, and that's yep. why they went eleven and two. I mean, they were a really good football team. And look, Notre Dame beat them forty one twenty four, but you know they they competed that game. Their only other loss that year was at Houston, and that mm. you guys remember that really good Houston team that went thirteen and one. That's the only t- that was the weirdest team ever. That thirteen one Houston team. They beat Louisville on the road. They beat Cincinnati. They beat Florida State in a bowl game. They blew out a really good Navy team. You know they lost to that year? You know their only loss that year was the Tom Herman team? Their only loss that year was to freaking UConn. Mm. Was, that, um, was that the Eric King? Was he, was he the quarterback on that team? Uh, maybe. I no, maybe not. I think that was a little bit before his time. Uh, it was Greg Ward. Was there oh, Greg Ward. Yeah. Sorry. Other yeah. athletic kids. They look, they look very similar. <laughs> yeah, yes. they look very similar. Uh, but, yeah, that was a weird team. But that Navy team was – I mean, they were legit a good AAC team. They, I think they played in the AAC championship that year, uh, Navy did, I believe. May have. So that, to me, is the best Navy team I've ever seen. I, I missed an opportunity to freak everyone out, Brian. I should have been like, oh, 2022. Best Navy team yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. No. They'd have known you're lying. You lost all credibility. (laughs) What is Ryan having to drink today? Uh, Wayne Miller, how is Texas ranked ahead of Notre Dame in the AP poll? Because they almost beat Bama. That's why. (laughs) And let's be, and honestly, their losses aren't as bad as Notre Dame's losses. Notre Dame is being punished for their losses. And and up until this week, uh, that's fine. I got it. Mm -hmm. I had no problem Notre Dame not being ranked last week. No, me neither. None. None. Zero. You're not a top 25 team because you beat Syracuse and North Carolina when you also lost to Marshall and Stanford. You've now negated those to a degree to enough to be in the top 25 now. From a pollster standpoint, yes. yes. Not, yes. I'm not getting into that other conversation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, are there teams that Notre Dame should have been ahead of last week? Yeah, sure. But it was, we lost to Marshall and Stanford. You're splitting hairs. You're talking right. about. 25th or 24th ranked team. they should they were 27th they should have been 22nd i mean right whatever. like whatever right? Exactly. this week there's no doubt that yes that the, the argument will be much greater correct 
Toe Jam. So tune in with, at 7.30 tonight. Yes, we're that's right. 7.30 tonight. <laughs> we will be going live. 7.30, uh, or excuse me, Beef Eater. Would you rather have to teach the triple option as a coach or run the triple, triple option as a player? Well, I've done both, and I can say the answer is uh, neither. And we're going to quickly move on. Uh, Beef Eater <laughs> no, also asked Brian, Vince, and Ryan. Hey, you're the one that's got to go, buddy. I'm just looking out for you, Vince. <laughs> Brian, Vince, and Ryan. In your opinions, what is the most exciting play in football? Block punt, pick six, successfully running the same play on top rush defense over and over again. Uh, well, the last one is not a play, so it's nah, a little different. That's true. What would that's you guys true. say is the most exciting play in football? Punt, punt return that for turn. a touchdown. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm with you. Punt, I'm with you. Like, kick, kick returns are exciting, too, so are pick sixes. But, like, punt return, like, I just think about, like, Dante Hall just, like, zigging and zagging yes. everywhere. You got to move. Yeah. You got to jive. Yeah. You got to make guys miss. Yeah, absolutely. So, since it's a play, it's all one play, I think uh, I'm going to have to go with a a defensive touchdown, a long defensive touchdown. And it can be one of two ways. It can be a a f- strip sack fumble return, like where a big guy does it, like Myron Tungvaloa, going, you know, because like it's kind of like, okay, can he get there? Can it, you know, is he going to get there? Uh, or a play like Benjamin Morrison. And the reason why is because for me, the thing about a punt block and a kick return and a pick six is they're all huge momentum shifts bingo and i think your basic biggest level of excitement comes from when you have this big emotional shift right where you're like man they're driving and that's kind of to me why a pick six is a little bit more a deep pick six like the one benjamin Morrison has even even more than a pump block or a kick return because on those plays you've made a stop you've done mm-hmm. your job you're about to get the ball back on a pump return pump block a kick return is number two for me for the same reason, you just gave up a score. There's a negative emotion, and bam, you go right back down a score. That's an exciting thing for me. But that's number two behind it, like a, a long pick six because you got Clemson's driving. They're about to score, and then bam, Benjamin Morrison picks them off and takes it back. Those are my two, and I'd put pump block for a touchdown third. That's my that's my list. Mark Brown says, I bet Notre Dame would get at least three blocked kicks versus LSU. Okay, <laughs> I have no idea, but guys, Vince. Can you – how excited – I've never taught – these words have never come out of my mouth. I'm excited to see the special teams in that matchup. Can you imagine a Brian Mason coach special teams no. going up against a Brian Napoleon no. coach special teams? I nope. can imagine it, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's things dreams Brian, are made out of. Brian, do you remember when you went on that podcast and that guy argued with you that Brian Polian was a good special teams coach? That guy said a lot of dumb things that night, but that yes, was that, probably, that was probably the worst probably one though. Took the cake. The worst one. And then he proceeded to piss away the Florida State game that next week, which was glorious. Yeah, he did. So yeah, yes, that was wonderful. He did. Absolutely wonderful. Irish blooded. We actually had a super chat down here from Michael S. Uh, how did oh. Zeke Carell play? How has he improved? Oh. Ryan? Ryan, you want to take a crack at that one? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast, but, you know, Zeke had some struggles in pass protection, and it's going to happen at times, you know, when he goes against longer interior players, like there's just going to be some guys that can play outside of his frame a little bit, you know, consistently, but he made up for it with his effort and his technique in the run game. Like, I really thought he got after it in the run game. It's leaps and bounds, Michael, if we're being honest. Like, the first couple weeks of Zeke this this start of the year, you were kind of like, Man, this is like the same guys last year. Like it seemed like that, right? Mm-hmm. But over the last five games or so, he's playing very, 
good and consistent football. Zeke has transformed, man, back into the guy we thought he was going to be yep. going into last year, yep. which is great to see. Yep, absolutely. Somebody asked about uh, it ain't rocket science, and he says, was that the season the Navy beat Notre Dame and nearly beat Ohio State? Ryan, the year you're talking about with Ricky Dobbs, that's yeah. the year. They did beat yeah. Notre Dame that year. Uh, mm-hmm. They beat Notre Dame 23-21, and they also beat Ohio State. And if you remember that Ohio State team or that Ohio State game, they, I believe they had the ball deep in Ohio State territory, like inside the five with a chance to score, and mm-hmm. Ohio State stopped them. I believe that's how that one went down. But, uh, yeah, they took Ohio State down to the wire that year. They, man, they yeah, had, that was a, they had a nice little string of quarterbacks there, man. Going from Dobbs to the Keenan Reynolds there, it's like, wow. Well, and a, and a kid that was really underrated for them, Ryan, Worth. in my opinion, Will Worth in 2016. Worth was good, man. He was a good player. He, because he could throw. Like, he was a legit passer. He was big, too, right? Yeah. Wasn't he like 6'2"? He was a big kid. He was kid. thick. He was, yeah. like, he was only 6'1", Ryan, but he was really thick. Okay. But he rushed for 1,198 yards and 25 touchdowns that year. But he could throw. He was a 61% completion guy for 113.97 yards. And if you guys remember, the best play he had against Notre Dame was a 4th and 10 pass completion. He hit Jameer Tillman inside, beat Dante Vaughn on an end cut uh, when they were trying to put that game away. You guys remember that long drive Mm -hmm. when Brian Kelly elected to kick a freaking field goal instead of going for the win against Navy? Because he's thinking, we'll get the ball back. And they just like ran five minutes off the clock. But never playing that game. It was a fourth and long, and Br- Will Worth dropped back and hit hit Jameer Tillman on a deep in cut. Like that was a heck of a heck of a throw. So I actually was I would actually over the course of time be more concerned with Will Worth even more so than Ricky Dobbs. And Ricky Dobbs was a was a option wizard just like Keenan Reynolds. The the thing about Ricky Dobbs, I never felt like I was as worried about him as a passer as I was those other guys. You know, like if Ricky Dobbs is – and he had some good numbers, Ricky Dobbs, but I just never felt like he was going to beat me throwing the football the way that Will Worth could and the way that Keenan Reynolds could. That was an underrated part of Keenan Reynolds' game too as his, in his last year. His last couple of years, Keenan Reynolds got a lot better throwing the football. A lot better throwing the football. If I, if I remember correctly, and I don't have it in front of me, wasn't Ricky Dobbs at one point the leading – rushing touchdown player in NCAA history or something like that. Like he was, yeah. 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 Now I'll say this, the most dynamic quarterback they ever had was neither Perry is Malcolm Perry. Yeah. He was so dynamic in 2018 and 2019 as a rusher. Really good athlete. Over 2000 yards in 2019. He just, he couldn't throw a lick. (laughs) That's the only problem with him is he couldn't throw a lick. He really could not throw. Let's get to these last few ones here. Irish blooded for the practice squad for Notre Dame offense this week. Do you know if they're using uh, Jay Fisher? He's a, that's the kid from that's the local kid, right? From Mishawaka, Justin uh, yeah. was an option quarterback through high school. I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure they're still using Chase Ketterer because yeah. uh, he's still on the team and he did it the last couple of years. Yeah. But he he's was recruited. He was recruited to be that next guy. He's just from not what doing Fisher it. is. Yeah, okay. but they but he's just not doing it as a true freshman. If if they get Brandon Hillman in twenty twenty three, he could be the option quarterback <laughs> for real. For real, uh, that'd be no. I'd take that. Dexter Domer, how do you guys feel about our wide receiver coaching this year? It's a good question. Vince, it's, you want to take a crack? It's at improved that? for me over the past few games because there were some. There was a lot of things early on in the season. It's like nothing's changed, and it's very mm-hmm. frustrating. Uh, but things have definitely changed. There is a renewed emphasis on blocking. There's a renewed emphasis on technique. There's a renewed emphasis on route running. 
And there's a renewed emphasis, and I don't think this is just the wide receiver coaching, but there's a renewed emphasis on getting the right guys on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I, I don't think that's. I will him. say this. I can say this with pretty good certainty. The receivers coach finally got his way. There you go. More so than. And that's what I figured. Right. And that's why I, did, I hesitated to bring it up. Yeah. But that is part of it because now you've got the right guys on the field. Yep. Somebody said, actually, Ed said, actually, Roger Starbuck was Roger Starbuck was the best. But the question was, who is the best quarterback you've seen in your lifetime? Mm-hmm. I believe Roger Starbuck stopped playing in the 60s when my yeah, dad was a things. child. Yes. Yeah. So uh, not, uh, not in my lifetime, my friend. Not in my lifetime. All right. Next question from, I'll say receiver coaching. It was be- even earlier in the year, it was better than it had been. It is significantly mm-hmm. it better wasn't now. As, it wasn't the gap that yes. I was hoping for at the beginning Correct. of the season. I'll Correct. It, it is now. Yeah. The issues that they're having now are, are, are more mental and then just not at that position. Because, I mean, right. dude, they've been getting open all year. I, I agree mean, with that. Have. There's no doubt. Mitchell Connor is Buckner just not going to be an option for next year? He definitely is going to be an option. Yeah, I, I think he's. I yeah. still think he starts next year. Yeah. I mean, with not knowing who the who the transfer sure. portal guy is, uh, agree. I, yeah. Agree. If mm-hmm. Tyler Buckner's healthy and – does what he's supposed to do, yeah. then look, absolutely. Look, early in the season, everyone wanted to give up on Zeke Carell. Everyone wanted to give up on J.D. Bertrand. Yeah, everyone wanted to true. give up on Maris Loyfowl. Can we let the kid get back? If he can stay healthy, let's right. see what he's got. That's he all it is. He should be fully right? healthy in the spring. Yep. So I am very much looking forward to spring practices, right. as mm-hmm. long as they're not in the middle of school. He's, he's got to prove he can stay healthy. But right. if, if he's of there, he's got, him a shot. he's got to play better than he did. But, I mean, absolutely. Sure, you know, but yes. He's playing. He's playing behind. A we we as Notre Dame too. fans way too quickly want to dismiss. Just yes. dismiss. Yeah. Wait, because yeah. if if we all got our way, right? We as a Notre Dame nation as a whole, not that each of us believe these things. Josh Lug would have got benched. Mm-hmm. Zeke Carell would have got benched. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you let's see here. Let's go. Uh, Maris Lufau would have got benched. JD Bertrand would have got benched. Isaiah Foskey would have got benched and had his scholarship removed. Cam Hart would have got benched. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, I mean, like we could. Riley Mills would have been benched and lost his scholarship. We wouldn't have a kicking game, right? Like because none of those guys were good enough, right? So Dick I mean, John's a freaking all American. We could do this point. all day. Right? And Joseph's not returning punts anymore either. Right? Oh so. yeah, yeah. He's right. terrible at that. So there's a time. Some guys need to get benched. There's no doubt. I've called for guys to get benched before, and that mm-hmm. that's okay. I mean, there's a time and a place for that, but we've just got to kind of sometimes be like, let's just not completely write a kid off. Let's give them at least a chance to prove mm-hmm. themselves or not. You know, and Tyler starting. Buckner will get that chance and he you know will absolutely be, be in the mix. Right will, will he be let's starting? See. We don't know. But especially with the same, especially with the sample size that small, like he, he started two football games. Like right. well, I'll say this, Tyler Buckner could have gone nine of 17 for 85. And this is not at all a shot on Drew Pine. He could have no. gone nine of 15 for 85 yards, but you know what else he would have added? Very dynamic running ability yeah. to complement mm-hmm. that. This isn't saying I'm not saying like, oh, if Tyler's back, you bench. I'm just saying like, let's just say he never got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So again, I don't right. want this to come across as like, well, he could have been better, but that compliment would have been really necessary, really worked really well. Yes. Now, would Tyler would he have been able to throw as well against North Carolina as Drew did? I don't have an answer to that, but mm-hmm. I just know that the way that they're playing right now, a kid like Tyler Buckner could have brought a lot to the table because of what he could do as a runner. Cody Shreve says active duty military here. Thank you for your service very, very much. 
Uh, wanted to give uh, give out an early shout out to our veterans for Veterans Day. Go Irish, beat Navy. Absolutely, you you know us. We are we appreciate you and your service, and all in our chat who have served or are serving. We thank you very very much. You fought, you sacrificed, so that we didn't have to, and so we can sit here and do this. And it's for the freedoms that you have given us through your sacrifice. We appreciate y'all very very much. Craig Bolton has a question. We're going to wrap up on special teams, fellas. Can you believe that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who returns punts if Brandon Joseph gets hurt? Well, we all know who's second on the depth chart. It's Matt Salerno. Mm-hmm. He's second on the depth <laughs> chart. Although, if Brandon Joseph cannot go, I do not believe it will be Matt Salerno. Who do you think it would be? Because I, mean, I think there's a chance it'll be Lorenzo Styles. Oh, God, no. There's no way in heck I'm putting him back there. I'm just telling you. There's no way Brian Mason I'm will put a kid who can't catch you. a slide route I'm back there you. fielding punts. I'm just telling you right now. There's okay. no way they would do that. Yes, we'll see. I'll call you afterwards, Vince, and give you more reasons why I'm pretty sure that that wouldn't be the case. But I can say with certainty that that would not be the case. It might have uh, a month ago, Vince. Yeah. But right now, that kid's fighting the ball. Like you're right. There's other things yeah, I, going on. I that, would like to see. Yeah, I would like to see somebody like Ben Morrison. Like if somebody from the defense, if they're going to do it, let's put Ben Morrison back there. Let's go. Let's have somebody with some dynamics. Can we get a Can we get a 2023 kid to pop on the team for know, right? a couple weeks? Hey, hey Bowen. <laughs> Here's a helmet. You're going to pretend that you're this guy. Yeah. Micah, Micah Bell, uh, go back there, Dylan, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the you know, the, 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 that's an interesting thing. I mean, I would, I would consider, I mean, there's several guys I would consider. I mean, I think Xavier Watts is a guy that I would consider. Jaden Mickey's a guy that I would consider. Benjamin Morrison, Vince, you kind of talked about. Uh, Jaden Mickey. Jaden Mickey's interesting. Jaden Mickey's yeah, interesting. He'd, he'd be a guy that I would consider because he's strong. Jaden's strong for a young kid, too. And you've got to have that guy that can. You know, Chris Tyree's not really for me one because Chris. You, I think you need a guy that can Chris make Tyree's that first a, guy miss. He's a kick. Ball. Yeah. He's a kick. Returner, yeah, not and, a and, and I love Chris Tyree as a player, but he's not like that juke make that guy miss kind of right. guy. He's more of that find that hole and hit that hole. So kick returner. But I mean, if you're if you're feeling like because of the way you're here's here's a caveat though. If you're feeling like you are that team that because of our pressure we're going to get that guy to hit more line because Brandon Joseph caught the ball in a lot of there's nobody in front of him situations this year. Mm-hmm. Chris Tyree might be able to do something with that. You know sure. what I mean? So, um, yeah. So we're not going to end on a special teams. We have two more questions we're going to get to guys here, and then we are going to get out of here. We have a super chat from Connor Grant. It says, will the game plan against Clemson work against USC? Would love to run it down USC's throats and watch Lincoln Riley panic about facing us for years. Doesn't matter yes. what your offensive game plan is against USC, it'll still work. Well, so <laughs> it will work, but will it work enough to where you can score more points than their offense? They have a much better offense than Clemson Correct. does. Absolutely. So, will it work? If working means winning, it, it if it if it has a more complimentary pass attack, yes, it can. I mean, Jack Plummer just threw for four hundred yards yeah. against them. Also, keep, keep so. in mind, guys. Keep in mind, the game plan against Clemson was going to be for more passing, not like right, thirty nine right. passes. But the right. win played the a win. big role in that. Yes. Like they mm-hmm. they worked on stuff. I was told, and we'll have this next question will lead into that. But I was told that there was definitely some vertical passing game stuff that they were working on last week for just Clemson do it. that they just couldn't get to because yeah. of the conditions. And and because you at Clemson never stopped it, and the, and the, their offense never put you in the kind of bind where you needed to, to go out of what you did. Yeah. So that would be the difference. It depends on the rim defense too. Tom Spagnola, w- with the last question, this will be the last question. Brian, did you have some inside info on the team vibes before the Clemson game? You seem very positive during the week. I put a sizable bet on them to win. Might owe you a cut. Hey, 
I'm all for it. <laughs> as long as if I if you make a bet and you lose because of something I said that you don't then you know look for uh, you know, some sort of yeah. compensation to from that. I didn't hear anything until later in the week. Honestly, it, what I said last week was what was the truth. I, I, as soon as I started watching that film, I'm like, dude, Notre Dame, if Notre Dame plays their game, they're better than this team. And th- here's the other thing too, guys, and you both know this because I talked to you about this privately as well. The thing for me was I never felt like it was a home versus away thing. I thought it was playing to the level of the competition thing. And I looked at this this Clemson team, and I did not fear their wide receivers, partly because we here at Irish Breakdown have a much greater confidence level in the, in the secondary than I think maybe a lot of people do. That They did not fear me. They did scare me. I had no fear of those Clemson receivers. You watch their offensive line. They're okay. But, Ryan, you and I talked about this in text all week. It's like these kids don't move real well. They're not that great. This D-line should match up well against them. And then mm-hmm. you're looking at the other side. It's like we thought they could throw the ball on them. The funny thing is the one thing I didn't think Notre Dame was going to be able to do is one of the things that fueled the victory, and that is like just run on them when they knew it was coming and there's nothing Correct. to do about it. Like if you'd have told me Notre Dame was going to run for 263 yards, I told my dad this today. If you'd have told me, Vince would have told me, hey, Brian, hey, look, man, I was able to go in the future, and if I was only there for a split second, and all I saw is that Notre Dame wins and rushes for 263 yards. That's all I know. I said, so I'll bet you 20 bucks Drew Pine hit a couple <laughs> bombs at the beginning of the game to soften up the defense that helped the offense open up some, you know, some big runs, you know, Chris Tyree's going to go for 60 and, you know, you're, you know, that kind of thing. I would not have dreamed that they had a rush for 263 and thrown for less than 90 yards. And their longest run was only 20 yards. Like, so that's the thing is like, it was other stuff that led me to believe that they were going to win the game. I just was confident in it. I did. And as I said, I had no statistical data. I just looked at Clemson's film and I looked at Notre Dame's film and I said, if Notre Dame plays their game, they're going to beat Clemson. And they have played their game when they play good teams. That's just the reality of it. That's the reality of it. So, um, yeah. And they beat a really good football team. So that's going to do it. Guys, great work today, Ryan and Vince. Very, very, very well done, fellas. Thank you all for joining us. These these last couple shows have gone a lot longer, like our old school three-hour-long shows. I but know, they don't right? seem like it. It's just great. Great conversation, great questions, great engagement from the community here. Uh, you guys have been on fire to this week here at the IB. The IB Nation has been on fire this week. There's no question about it. So, um, guys, great job. Listen, everybody, do us a favor. Please hit that like button. Please subscribe to our channel if you already haven't. Hit that notification bell. Sign up for the message boards, okay? As you see here, Vince has got the show. IB Nation Sports Talk goes live tonight at 6 o'clock. That's gonna, Vince, are you going to be on that show tonight, or is it just Jesse and it's Jesse and Sean? So Jesse and Sean will be on there tonight. Vince will be on at 7.30 with me. We'll see if we can talk Ryan into being a part of it, and Sean Davis will be a part of it. I'm going to try. We'll see. If not, but at the very least, you'll get me and Vince, or is it Vince and I, excuse me. Uh, you'll get Vince and I. And uh, we're going to break down the rankings, which we fully expect Notre Dame to be in the top 25. So we'll have that tonight as well. Sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. We're going to have some more intel coming here for you as we get into the offseason with recruiting. We'll have even more and more intel. Lots of great conversation as well, even when there is no intel. Tons of great conversation. Great community. We really do have a great community there. There's no question about it. And, of course, check out the the, uh, website at irishbreakdown.com. If you're listening via podcast, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. So for Vince and Ryan, Vince, we're getting so much better at knowing how to, where to point. Right? I know. Yeah, for I know. Vince and Ryan, I'm Brian. Have a great, great rest of your day, and we will talk to you again 
very, very soon on the Irish Breakdown podcast. <laughs>